Book Three, Chapter Thirteen of the Lancashire Witches. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Andy Minter. The Lancashire Witches, A Romance of Pendle Forest, by William Harrison Ainsworth. Book Three, Houghton Tower. Chapter Thirteen, The Mask of Death. Short time as he had to wait, James was unable to control his impatience. At last he arose, and, completely sobered by the recent strange events, descended the steps of the platform, and walked on without assistance. "'Let the yeoman of the guard keep back the crowd,' he said to an officer, "'and let none follow me but Sir Ralph Asherton, Master Nicholas Asherton, and Master Roger Nowell. When I call—' "'Let the prisoners be brought forward.' "'Your Majesty shall be obeyed,' replied the baronet, giving the necessary directions. James then moved slowly forward in the direction of the pavilion, and as he went called Nicholas Asherton to him. "'Who was that officer?' he asked. "'Your pardon, my liege, but I cannot answer the question,' replied Nicholas. "'And why not, sir?' demanded the monarch sharply. "'For reasons which I will hereafter render to your Majesty, and which I am persuaded you will find satisfactory,' rejoined the squire. Uh, "'Weel, weel, I dare say you're right,' said the King. "'But uh, do you think he'll keep his word?' "'I'm sure of it,' returned Nicholas. Yeah, "'The time is come, then,' exclaimed James, impatiently, and looking up at the pavilion. "'The time is come,' echoed a sepulchral voice. "'Did you speak?' inquired the monarch. "'No, sire,' replied Nicholas. "'But someone seems to give you intimation that all is ready. "'Will it please you to go on?' "'Enter,' cried the voice. "'Who speaks?' demanded the king. "'And as no answer was returned, he continued—' "'I will not set foot in the structure. "'It may be a snare of Satan.' "'At this moment the shutters of the window flew open, "'showing that the pavilion was lighted up by many tapers within, "'while solemn strains of music issued from it. "'Enter,' repeated the voice. "'Have no fear, sire,' said Nicholas. Oh, "'That cannot be the work of the demon,' cried James. "'He does not delight in holy hymns and sweet music.' "'That is a solemn dirge for the dead,' observed Nicholas, as melodious voices mingled with the music. "'Weel, weel, I will go on at our hazards,' said James. The doors flew open as the king and his attendants approached, and as soon as they passed through them, the valves swung back to their places. A strange, sad spectacle met their gaze. In the midst of the chamber stood a bier, covered with a velvet pall, and on it the bodies of a youth and maiden were deposited. Pale and beautiful were they as sculptured marble, and a smile sat upon their features. Side by side they were lying, with their arms enfolded, as if they had died in each other's embrace. A wreath of yew and cypress was placed above their heads, and flowers were scattered round them. They were Richard and Alison. It was a deeply touching sight, and for some time none spoke, 
The solemn dirge continued, interrupted only by the stifled sobs of the listeners. "'Both gone!' exclaimed Nicholas, in accents broken by emotion. "'And so young, so good, so beautiful! <laughs> alas, alas!' "'She could not have bewitched him,' said the king. "'Ah, oh, Alison was all purity and goodness,' cried Nicholas, "'and is now numbered with the angels.' "'The guilty one is in thy hands, O king,' said the voice. "'It is for thee to punish.' "'And I will not hold my hand,' said James. "'The devices shall assuredly perish. "'When I go from this chamber, "'I will have them conveyed under strong escort to Lancaster Castle. "'They shall die by the hands of the common executioner.' "'My mission, then, is complete,' replied the voice. "'I can rest in peace.' "'Who art thou?' demanded the king. "'One who sinned deeply, but is now pardoned,' replied the voice. The king was for a moment lost in reflection, and then turned to depart. At this moment a kneeling figure, whom no one had hitherto noticed, arose from behind the bier. It was a lady, robed in mourning. So ghastly pale were her features, and so skeleton-like her attenuated frame, that James thought he beheld a spectre, and recoiled in terror. The figure advanced slowly towards him. "'Who and what art thou in heaven's name?' he exclaimed. "'I am Alice Nutter, sire,' replied the lady, prostrating herself before him. "'Alice Nutter, the witch!' cried the king. "'Why, I recollect thou wert here. I sent for thee. But the recent terrible events had put thee clean out of my head. But expect no grace from me, evil woman. I will show thee none.' "'I ask none, sire,' replied the penitent. "'I came to place myself in your hands, that justice may be done upon me.' "'Ah!' exclaimed James. "'Dost thou indeed repent thee of thy iniquities?' "'Dost thou adjure the devil and all his works?' "'I do,' replied the lady fervently. "'My compact with the evil one has been broken by the prayers of my devoted daughter, "'who sacrificed herself for me, and thereby saved my soul alive. "'But human justice requires an expiation, and I am anxious to make it.' "'Arise, ah, ill-fated woman,' said the king, much moved. "'You must go to Lancaster, but in consideration of your penitence no indignity shall be shown you. "'You must be strictly guarded, but you shall not be taken with the other prisoners.' "'I humbly thank your majesty,' replied the lady. "'May I take a last farewell of my child?' "'Do so,' replied James. Alice Nutter then approached the bier and after gazing for a moment with deepest fondness upon the features of her daughter, imprinted a kiss upon her marble brow. In doing this, her tears fell fast. "'You can weep, I see,' observed the king. "'You are a witch no longer.' "'I, heaven be praised, I can weep,' she replied, "'and so ease my overburdened heart. "'Oh, sire!' "'None but those who have experienced it can tell the agony of being denied this relief of nature. "'Farewell for ever, my blessed child,' she exclaimed, kissing her brow again. "'And you too, her beloved. "'Nicholas Asherton, 
"'It was her wish to be buried in the same grave with Richard. "'You will see it done, Nicholas?' "'I will, I will,' replied the squire, in a voice of deepest emotion. "'And I likewise promise it,' said Sir Ralph Asherton. "'They shall rest together in Whaley Churchyard. "'It is well that Sir Richard and Dorothy are gone,' he observed to Nicholas. Ah, "'It is indeed.' said the squire. Oh, we should have had another funeral to perform. Pray heaven it be not so now. Have ye any other request to prefer? demanded the king. None whatever, sire, replied the lady, except that I wish to make full restitution of all the land I have robbed him of to Master Roger Nowell, and as some compensation I would fain add certain lands adjoining which have been conveyed over to Sir Ralph and Nicholas Asherton, only annexing the condition that a small sum annually be given in dole to the poor of this parish, that I may be remembered in their prayers. "'We will see it done,' said Sir Ralph and Nicholas. "'And I will see my part fulfilled,' said Noel. "'For any wrong you have done me, I now freely and fully forgive you.' "'And may heaven in its infinite mercy forgive you likewise.' "'Amen!' ejaculated the monarch, and all the others joined in the ejaculation. The king then moved to the door, which was opened for him by the two Ashertons. At the foot of the steps stood Master Potts, attended by an officer of the guard, and a party of halberdiers. In the midst of them, with their hands tied behind their backs, were Jem Device, his mother Jennet, and poor Nance Redfern. Jem looked dogged and sullen, Elizabeth downcast, but Jennet maintained her accustomed malignant expression. Poor Nance was the only one who excited any sympathy. Jennet's malice seemed now directed against Master Potts, whom she charged with having betrayed and deceived her. "'If Tebbard now deserted me, I should tear thee a pieces, thy ill-favoured little monster,' she cried. "'Monster in your own face, you hideous little wretch!' exclaimed the indignant attorney. "'If you use such opprobrious efforts, I will have you gagged. You will be taken to Lancaster Castle and hanged.' Oh, you're, "'You're as bad as I am, and worse,' replied Jennet. "'I deserve hanging as well, and the king shall know your tricks,' she vociferated, as James appeared at the door of the pavilion. "'Your wish to ensnare Alison, your wish me to kill her.' "'I was only your instrument.' "'Stop her mouth! Gag her!' cried Potts. "'Nay, nay, thou shalna stop my mouth, thou shalna gag me!' cried Jennet. "'I win speak out. The king shall hear me. You're as bad as me!' "'All malice, your majesty, all malice!' cried the attorney. Yeah, "'Malice and a doubt in great part,' replied James. "'But some truth as we'll have here, sir.' "'and in any case it will prevent my doing anything for you.' Oh, "'There! You have ruined my hopes, you little wretch!' cried Potts furiously. "'I'm right glad on said Jennet. "'You may take me to Lancaster Castle, but you can't hang me. "'I know that full well. "'I shall get out, and then look to yourself, lad, "'for as sure as I'm Mother Demdark's granddaughter, "'I'll plague the life out of you.' "'Take the prisoners away, and let them be conveyed under a strict escort to Lancaster Castle,' said James. "'And as the assizes commence next week, quick work will be made with them, Your Majesty,' 
observed Potts. "'Their guilt can be incontestably proved, and they are sure to be found guilty, sure to be hanged, sire.' As the prisoners were removed, Nance Redfern looked round her, and, catching the eye of Nicholas, made a slight motion with her head, as if bidding them farewell. The squire returned the mute valediction. "'Poor Nance!' he exclaimed compassionately. "'I sincerely pity her.' "'Would there was any means of saving her?' "'There is none,' observed Sir Ralph Asherton. "'And you may be thankful that you are not brought in as her accomplice.' As Janet was taken away, she continued to hurl threats and imprecations against Potts. Another officer of the guard was then summoned, and when he came, James said, "'One other prisoner remains within the pavilion.' "'She likewise must be conveyed to Lancaster Castle, but in a litter, and not with the other prisoners.' Attended by Sir Richard Houghton, the monarch then proceeded to his lodgings in the tower. End of chapter 13